Today I want to talk about appreciating my sobriety when I've almost lost it, not once, but twice in eight years of being sober. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Your Shining Self podcast, where women of all different walks of life share stories of hope, love, and transformation. And I'm your host, Tish. Before jumping in, I want to do a backstory and just kind of share my, you know, my hitting rock bottom story and why I chose to seek help for my alcoholism. I started drinking at a young age. Um, I tried alcohol for the first time at the age of 13. And I very specifically remember when that alcohol hit my body and my system and it warmed me from the inside out and suddenly I felt like a thousand miles tall and Wonder Woman. I could do anything. I could say anything. I could, you know, be anything. Thankfully, you know, I didn't really start drinking at that age, but it was my senior year is when drinking got really bad. That carried over into college. In college, I had to have my stomach pumped from, um, you know, drinking too much. And things just progressively got worse over the years. I was in a drunk driving accident where I am lucky to be alive. Uh, at the time that I had that, I basically got a slap on the wrist. I didn't do any jail time. I did get one year of community service, uh, things like that, but thankful to be alive through that. And the morning after my 37th birthday, I woke up with another man laying in bed, passed out. And as he's snoring away, I have tears rolling down my face. And interestingly, not that this is okay, <laughs> um, this wasn't a stranger. This was actually a man that I knew. Um, so I don't honestly know like what it was about him. I don't even know that it was him uh, particularly. I think it was just accumulation of everything that happened. But, um, you know, he's snoring I am on the side of my bed and I am just like tears are just flowing down my face. It had been another night of blackout drinking. I had to get up and see if my car was in the driveway and then wondering, you know, how my car got to the driveway and things that I had said, other things that I had done the night before, you know, worrying about what type of damage control I needed to do that day. And as I'm laying there crying, I felt like I'm at this, you know, four in the road. There was two options that I saw. I could finally admit that I had a problem with alcohol and I needed help. Or the other option was suicide. I was so at the point in my life that I was miserable. I couldn't handle anything in life anymore. And I just figured that the easy way out and I don't want to go down that rabbit trail either because that's, you know, like a whole nother story, the reasons that I was feeling suicidal. But anyways, obviously, I did not choose option number two. Thank God. Uh, I chose option number one. I made some phone calls that day after the man finally got up and I got him out of my apartment. I made calls that day and I immediately got into some outpatient alcohol treatment. And I also started some therapy at the same time. Now, I would love to say that, um, you know, that night when I went to my very first AA meeting and I actually ended up staying for two AA meetings and then 
coincidentally ended up at the bar after that second AA meeting. But I would love to say that those first couple AA meetings were exactly what I needed and set the foundation for, you know, me getting sober and that getting sober was easy, staying sober was easy, except for that's not how it went. (laughs) You know, after going to those first couple AA meetings, I do feel like it did kind of set the foundation for, um, you know, it kind of planted the seed. The women that I was in those meetings with, I feel like they planted a seed and I saw in them which is sobriety. I saw in them something that I wanted. I just didn't know how to get there at that time. So it took several more weeks after those first couple meetings of, you know, me back out there drinking and the blackouts and, um, you know, having to wake up in the morning and open a can of beer and, you know, uh, start drinking to be able to even function throughout the day, things like that. My life was literally falling apart around me. My business was suffering. I had lost tons of clients uh, because I had been too drunk during the days to, you know, get client work done. Or if I was still working with clients, I was working during the day as I was drinking and I was messing things up. It was just this whole big shit show. My life was one big shit show. So anyways, um, after, you know, several more weeks of drinking, uh, I'm on my way back from a family vacation in Florida. And I'm basically having this coming to Jesus meeting with myself as my family and I are driving back from Florida. And it was, again, I was just at that point where I knew that I had two choices here. One, I could get my butt back into AA. I could, you know, get serious about the therapy. I could get serious about wanting to get sober and change my life. Or I could continue down the path that I was currently on and I was going to end up dead one of two ways. The drinking was going to kill me or I was going to end up killing myself. So here I am. So you obviously know that I, you know, sought to get help and to get sober and I am sober. Um, and am still here. So all of that led to um, the first year of sobriety was brutal. It was a bitch, you guys. It was not easy. For the first six months, and my AA recovery friends will even joke with you that they say it was probably the first year, not even the first six months. I was miserable and I cried. Like that was pretty much like the entire thing. Like I was a moody bitch. Um, I was just not a happy person, but I was sober and I was staying sober. And that's something to celebrate. (laughs) But thinking back to, you know, the type of person that I was during that time, I honestly don't know how those women like rallied around me and like just poured more and more love into me and supported me because I was not a nice person. I was just, I was crabby. I was miserable. Um, anyways, so, you know, that first year was brutal. Then I ended up. Uh, I was one month and six days away from celebrating two years sober and I ended up relapsing. I only went back out for 24 hours, thank God. Uh, You know, most people that have a relapse in in AA, they often don't find their way back to the program, sadly. And I did. That was a huge thing. That's a whole nother story. Everything that happened that night, I don't want to get into that. Um, But then again, that moment, it sounded really cliche when I used to sit around the AA tables and I would share and say, the relapse is exactly what I needed. It would sound silly to say that. It would sound really cliche to say that. But in my case, that relapse is exactly what I needed. It was in that moment that I realized living in the small town that I lived in, 
I could not continue to stay sober in that environment. And again, that's like a whole nother story that I'm not going to get into, but I ended up making a really tough decision to move three hours away from the um, the town, the small town that I was living in, but that also meant I had to leave my son behind. And which at that time he was living with his dad. So um, it's not like I was really leaving him behind. But what happened when I made that decision to move three hours away was I didn't know anybody other than my friend Kelly, who I had moved in with. And I didn't know anybody that would be considered, you know, my Uh, drinking friends, nobody to like go out to the bars with. So what happened was I was able to immerse myself in the recovery program down there, which was really scary because it was a lot bigger than the small town that I had previously been living in. Um, So there was a lot of new faces and, you know, just being uncomfortable in the situations of not knowing anybody. But I ended up um, with this phenomenal Uh, sponsor who I had a great sponsor prior to that. I just, at the point of my relapse, I wasn't being honest with her about things going on. I wasn't being honest with anybody in the AA program back where I was prior to this relapse and, you know, making that move. So I ended up living um, three hours away from my son and the town that I had previously been living in for a year. Over that year, the work, the inner work that I did with the sponsor that I had during that time was life altering. That literally changed my life and set me on the path to get me to where I am today, sober for now eight years. Um, And like just, I often say like recovery has been, um, the work that I've done in recovery, it feels like I'm an onion. It's literally like I'll peel a layer And I'll feel like I've dealt with the things within that layer. And then all of a sudden, there's another layer that needs to be peeled and dealt with. And even to this day, after being sober for eight years, I still feel like an onion. There's so many layers that need to be dealt with. Um, So anyways, I... uh, After a year down there, my son asked me to move back up to where I was. And I knew that I was ready to go back and immerse myself in that small town that I had previously been living in because I was such a different person in my recovery and where I was mentally and emotionally as I was, you know, the prior year after that relapse when I made the decision to move. So I ended up moving back up there. Okay, so now we're going to fast forward to 20... 18. No, it was 2019. Uh, It was either 2018 or 2019. My fiance and I, he was only my boyfriend then, but he's my fiance now. uh, We went to Hawaii for vacation. And the, I think it was the last night we were there, we went to a Hawaiian luau. And there's just, you know, this big long line of people waiting to be seated and just lots of stuff like going on around us. So we were chit chatting with people in line. Um, There was lots of like noise of, uh, you know, the people that were seating people and getting, you know, things um, finished setting up and stuff like that. So there was just lots of stuff going on around us. Well, the gentleman that seated us, I had noticed that, you know, he was saying something to each person that as he was seating them, but I wasn't like fully aware of what he was saying. 
So, um, you know, when we got up there, he's asking us if we want a drink and we're saying yes. So we sit down, we get our drink and I take this big drink and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, this is alcohol. This is not a non-alcoholic drink. There is alcohol in this drink. So, um, you know, my fiance took a drink of it and he's like, oh yeah, that is definitely, there's definitely alcohol in there. And I remember, I still to this day, I just remember what that one sip of alcohol did. Like it just instantly was like my, I just, my body all of a sudden just craved it. And I wanted to just pick that drink back up and I wanted to chug that whole drink. And then I just knew that after that, if I, you know, if I made that decision to pick that drink up and drink it, I knew that I wouldn't be able to um, satiate. I think that's the word I'm thinking of that, like that need for the alcohol. And of course, um, you know, my boyfriend at that time, he would not have let me, you know, pick that drink up and drink it and then order more. But in my mind, and as an alcoholic, I mean, there's always a way to find ways around somebody not wanting you to drink. I mean, I did it for years and years and years. Um, And that was, I just remember like being so very thankful that I could have so easily lost my sobriety in that moment. And I had tools, I had the resources, I had, you know, things in place that were able to help me through that moment. And it did take several weeks, like after that, just that one sip of alcohol, it took several weeks before like my mind started not constantly be thinking about, oh my gosh, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to drink. And I I was so thankful (laughs) that I didn't, you know, drink more and drink more and drink more and drink more because who knows what would have happened if I did. And, you know, that was just like one of the one time out of the two times that I'm going to share that I almost lost my sobriety. And then we are now going to fast forward to September 2022. And this was my fiance and I went to Michigan for my sister's wedding And all of, um, you know, like the bridesmaids, all of us girls were with my sister that morning and we were getting hair done, makeup done, um, you know, just all of us chit-chatting, having a great time and they are making mimosas. So all of them were drinking mimosas and I just had, you know, a glass of orange juice and we all had the same exact glasses, um, but nobody, you know, like wrote their names on their glasses or anything. And somebody had sat theirs down, uh, like very close to where mine had been sat down and they must have picked my orange juice up and left their mimosa there because I picked it up and I took a big chug and I was like, I mean, like I sat it back down and I was like, holy shit, this is not just plain orange juice. You know, this has alcohol in it. And again, in that moment, like I had, I had quick thoughts running through my head. I was like, I have, you know, a split second to make the decision here. I'm either going to not say anything to these women and I'm going to just chug this whole glass of mimosa or I can spit it out and say something to them and let them know, holy shit, this has alcohol in it. It is not plain orange juice. And in that split second, I made the decision to speak up and let them know, holy crap, I just had a drink of alcohol. This is not cool. Um, And after that, I made the decision, I don't want orange juice. I'm drinking water or Diet Coke just because it was kind of traumatizing. (laughs) 
So, you know, again, that is just like the second thing that has happened over eight years. And what I really like pick up on is it does not matter how much time I have under my belt when it comes to my sobriety. Alcohol is cunning and baffling. It is literally just out there waiting to get me back in its grips. And it honestly is the matter of a whoops, I picked up a drink and I took a drink. Like it's it's that simple to get off track and lose my sobriety. And the fact that this has happened twice over eight years and I have made the split second decisions to, you know, speak up and say something and to not drink, it just makes me so very, very, very thankful and grateful for my sobriety because being sober has given me so much. Like I am so, I get emotional thinking about it because my life today is so completely different than 10 years ago. I could not, even in the beginning stages of getting sober, I couldn't imagine that my life would be as amazing as it is today. And, you know, when I say amazing, I'm not like exaggerating or, you know, trying to be this like over, oh, it's all, you know, roses and rainbows because fucking life is not all roses and rainbows. There has been some shit that has happened since getting sober. But when it comes down to it, the fact that I have dealt with shit that has happened over these years since getting sober and done it soberly, soberly, (laughs) done it sober is, you know, just that's just another huge accomplishment. And um, when I say that my life is amazing, I truly mean that my life is amazing, even with the things that aren't so amazing that happens. Um, I'm just so I don't I don't ever want to take my sobriety for granted because I remember those two moments so specifically exactly what my body felt like and what happened in my brain just as soon as those you know those sips of alcohol like hit my lips yeah my sobriety is just something I never ever ever want to take for granted And sometimes it's hard to put into words like how grateful I am for my sobriety. I also feel like I don't talk about my sobriety a whole lot just because I'm so much further along in the recovery process than I was, you know, back in the beginning when I was still struggling a lot with wanting to stay and be sober. So back in the beginning, I feel like I talked about it a whole lot more, but now I'm just kind of rambling. So yeah, I'm just so very thankful uh, for my sobriety and for the life that, you know, being sober has helped me create. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Your Shining Self podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, and share with others that need a message of hope, love, and transformation.